It's Alum Group's Andrea Lay, Packview's Melissa Burdick, special guest Jackie Donowski from Flywheel, and I'm PVSB, also from Flywheel. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 13th, and it's time for the Fresh Four. Four curated news stories from the past week. We find them polyhistorically intriguing. We hope you do too. They're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence and news. Retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Jackie, kick us off, would you? Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect to bring closed-loop attribution to streaming advertisers. Well, hello there, Fresh Boy listeners. Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect have solidified an agreement to bring the retailer's industry-leading audience solutions and measurement to Disney's addressable streaming inventory. The collaboration will enable enhanced audience targeting and outcome-based measurements for brand campaigns across Disney's streaming portfolio, including Hulu and Disney+. Connecting Walmart's customer insights with Disney's proprietary audience graph will help advertisers reach their desired audiences and measure the impact of their campaigns through closed-loop attribution. Thanks, Jackie. Andrea, over to you. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. NBC Universal and Instacart link up to bring retail media opportunities to TV. NBC Universal and Instacart are expanding their existing partnership to include a new retail media workstream that will enable Instacart's CPG advertisers to connect with consumers via NBC Universal's streaming and linear television content. In late 2023, the companies teamed up to include access to NBC Universal's streaming platform Peacock as part of the Instacart Plus membership package. Now, with this new first-party data collaboration, advertisers will be able to reach consumers through NBC Universal's content and measure the impact of their campaigns by leveraging ad exposure and purchase data from Instacart. Thank you, Andrea. Melissa, what do you have for us? Amazon has announced a new country that they're opening up. Amazon has announced that it will launch a new dedicated website for Ireland in 2025. Currently, most Irish customers use Amazon sites based in the UK or other European countries. The company said the Irish site will mean that users will be able to avoid additional customs charges and currency conversion fees, and it will also lead to faster delivery and returns for many items. All right, over to you, Peter. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our hosts, Sri Rajkapalan, Peter V.S. Bond, and Brian Gildenberg, explore how brands and retailers engage consumers in an increasingly digitally driven world. And now, here are the CPG Guys. Welcome, folks, to this episode of the CPG Guys. I'm, of course, Sri, your co-host. To check out my daughter's music at www.riaraj.com. Again, that's www.riaraj.com. And I'm joined today by none other than my co-host, Brian Gildenberg, who's the Managing Director for Retail Cities here in North America and the host of our very own podcast, Fast Forward Thursday, and also the Gildenberg Omni Comment. Brian, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. And if you want to check out the only music that matters to my daughter, you can just listen to Taylor Swift, which has uh, been the uh, the story of her summer. The amount of updates I get on Taylor Swift is really quite something. So uh, if you need, have on. any questions about Taylor's version, 1989. I'm good. I'm here for you. I wasn't born then. I wouldn't know. But thank you for that, Brian. And before we get to our guests, let me remind our audience to visit cpgguys.com. 
where they can get links to our podcast on all major platforms. And if you're not already doing so, please follow us on LinkedIn, where we publish new comments, yes, each and every day of the week that even includes Saturday and Sundays. Please also subscribe to the other podcasts in our collective, including the FMCG Guys, CPG Scoop, and the newest editions, CPG Guys Fast Forward, starting our very own right here, Mr. Brian Gildenberg. And we also are proud to be sponsors of Next Stop, formerly known as the Network of Executive Women, whose mission it is to advance all women in business and to promote gender equality in the workplace. If you're a female founder or do not have a sponsorship through your organization, please let us know by sending us an email at contact at cpgguys.com. Again, that's contact at cpgguys.com, and we're happy to sponsor your membership to this elite organization. Also excited that this episode will be focused and will be moving from retail media leadership to a different direction, which is actually providing rewards every single day. If you're wondering what that means, I'm about to tell you in a few. The digital liner notes of this episode will, of course, contain hyperlinks to our website, all the other collective podcast sites, and a LinkedIn page and a landing page to the next up site. So we're going to get right here to the main event. And today's main event is all about none other than Ibotta. I know you've been waiting for this. What I would call a free cashback rewards web and mobile app that gives you real cash for everyday purchases when you shop. Ibotta provides thousands of ways for consumers to earn cash on their purchases by partnering with more than 2,700 brands and retailers. Ibotta also powers rewards programs for top retailers and makes its offer content available on a number of leading websites and apps through the Ibotta Performance Network. More to come on that later in this episode. Whether you're buying groceries, clothing, electronics, general merchandise, and yes, wine and beer too, Ibotta will pay you cash for your purchases. In fact, Ibotta has paid over $1.4 billion in cash rewards to more than 40 million users since it's been founded 11 years ago in 2012. Today's discussion will be about mobile strategy, loyalty. A lot has changed in the past two years, cookie deprecations, screen times changing with consumers, surging in fact, new DSPs, audience changes, all converging on a huge change on driving nothing more than consumer engagement. To decompose that, we have none other than Brian Leach, CEO and founder of Ibotta with us today. Today's discussion will be about mobile strategy and loyalty. A lot has changed in the past two years, cookie deprecations, screen time surging with consumers, new DSPs in the mix, audience changes, all converging on a huge change on driving consumer engagement. To decompose that, we have none other than Brian Leach, the CEO and founder of Ibotta with us today. Brian, welcome to the CPG guys. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. All the way from Colorado. Thank you for joining us way up there, the Mile High City. Brian, before we get started with the questions about the Mile High City, because this podcast will be all about what's going on in Colorado. Why don't you take a minute and tell us what Ibotta does and then your specific role as the founder and CEO? Sure. Ibotta is the leading cashback rewards platform in the United States. We've given away almost a billion and a half dollars in cash back to American consumers on their everyday purchases like bread, milk, eggs, cheese, diapers, beer. We started by having a free mobile app that 50 million people have downloaded and they use that at anywhere where they shop for those types of products in the physical world or online. And now we operate a much broader platform of places that host our rewards content. So we are the exclusive partners of Walmart, for example, which has got its own item level cash back program, as well as other leading grocery retailers like Dollar General, Kroger. And so we really have become a performance marketing 
platform for consumer packaged goods companies to reach the end consumer. In today's cash-strapped consumer, being able to be available to create cash value for consumers is a big deal. And to be able to say you're an exclusive partner of Walmart really raises the bar. So congratulations for getting Ibotta there. We'll, of course, include links to your LinkedIn profile and your corporate site in the digital liner notes of this podcast episode so that the 90% of people listening to this episode on their mobile devices can easily learn more as they listen and they can multitask on the fly. So let me kick it off with the first question for you, Brian, and it's actually about you and your career. So I noticed that you spent time at Yale Law School. You've been actually practicing in courts. You were an active lawyer. And then you started Ibarra. Like, how does a lawyer wake up one day and then start up cash value for consumers such as Ibarra? And then those that listen to you and are going to get inspired now and say, hey, I'm an attorney. I want to start a tech-based, value-based ecosystem that says it is the exclusive provider to Walmart, what would you advise them? Well, there's no one path to being an entrepreneur. I think uh, anyone who has an idea for a business in this country, one of the wonderful things about it is if you can inspire people with your vision of what the future could be like, and they're willing to go along with you, you can find investors and you can find people who you can surround yourself with who know how to build what it is you want to build. When I was born, I was born in Nairobi, Kenya. My father was working at a car dealership. We moved to the United States so my father could become an entrepreneur. And he started a company in the storefront in the mall in Atlanta, Georgia. And growing up, I had a front row seat to what it was like to build a company and go from nothing to realizing that vision. I ended up becoming a lawyer because I like storytelling. I like to persuade people. I like to engage with ideas. But over time, what I realized is that there's more than one way to be a great storyteller. As an entrepreneur, you can also tell a story about which way the world is moving, uh, which way a technology is going to be applied. And I really wanted to be part of something that was more socially relevant. Uh, I didn't want to just be representing large corporations. I wanted to be doing something valuable. And so our mission as a company is make every purchase rewarding. And I wanted to be in the giving away money business because it helps people. I also wanted to be doing something much more creative. Law is fantastic, but it's highly strategic, highly analytical. And I think being an entrepreneur, you get to marry that strategy side with really the creative side where you imagine and dream up products that you put into the hands of people out there. And so I found it to be, as a lawyer, good training in terms of synthesizing large amounts of information, developing a point of view, and then rallying people through telling a story. Uh, but then there's a, a bunch of things I've had to learn. And that's just a matter of knowing what you don't know and finding people around you who can teach you the things about business that you maybe didn't learn because you didn't go to business school. Awesome. That's really cool. I, I think uh, I think of all the questions, I always enjoy the superhero origin story question the most. So no radioactive spider, but we were oh, wait, wait, Brian, I'm not done yet. There was a couple of interesting things he said. Number one is he said, Kenya, not Kenya, which means he's really from Kenya. So I'm curious, what car dealership? And then when your dad moved to the US, your parents, what store did they start? The car dealership is called DT Doby, and it's still there in Nairobi. My father's British, so he does come from a family that calls it Kenya. Uh, I'm American. My mother's American. My parents both grew up in East Africa. As far as the, the storefront, it's called Harbinger Corporation, and they sold computers out of the you know, PC Juniors in 1980, 82, 83, 84. Um, and then it ended up becoming a, an e-commerce platform for 
business as a B2B SaaS company. And, you know, that was just my mental image of what would be another alternative to practicing law. The actual idea for my bot for Ibotta itself, uh, that came from sitting on a plane coming back from a conference on international arbitration in Rio. And I saw a woman taking a picture of her receipts, receipt, you know, reimbursement purposes. And I started to think about all the things you could do if you could harness the information that is located on a receipt, you know, what you bought, how much you paid, et cetera. And that's why the company's called Ibotta. It's like I bought a bag of groceries. It's it's basically a bad pun that started that day on the airplane. We solved a mystery in the CPG industry and retail's minds today. And then, Brian, why don't you and I get into the world of arbitration in Asia? What do you think, Brian? Yeah, well, I mean, we seem eminently qualified for that, given our utter lack of legal experience. So I think we'd be perfect. We can storytell with the best of them. We just don't have any synthesis. We have Brian's advice now, though. We can use that. Yes, we can. Um, so that's good. Right? That's really all we need. So uh, thank you, Brian. We'll set ourselves loose on the world of international arbitrage soon. You, you've inspired us. So yeah, and, and Brian, first of all, it's a pleasure talking to you. I mean, you know, I've followed your business for a long time, obviously, having grown up at Kantar on the, uh, yeah, having grown up in a world where we saw other applications for taking photos of receipts and uh, turning them into stuff. So it's it's amazing to see the journey that you've been on and the success that Ibotta's had. Just talk a little bit more about the value proposition of Ibotta. And I think in particular for brands, um, what do they get from it? What should they expect from it? And then why should they seek out Ibotta as a way to reach consumers and shoppers in this increasingly complicated and fragmented world? Brands need an efficient way to reach millions and millions of consumers, tell the story of their brand, convince people to try their brand, and pay only when that advertising works. Up until Ibotta existed, every single promotion that existed was paid for on a per-clip or a per-impression basis. So you had to pay for the printing of a coupon in a newspaper or the clipping of a coupon on a website, even though you weren't sure whether or not that coupon would result in a sale of your product or an incremental sale of your product, that wouldn't have, one that wouldn't have occurred otherwise but for that promotion. The innovation of Ibotta was we were going to be performance marketing. We're going to make it so that we get paid when you sell a product. And if we aren't successful at that, we don't charge you. So we aligned our interests with consumer packaged goods companies. And if you think about it, if you're a smaller or medium-sized brand, you don't have the luxury of spending you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on upper funnel media, you need your media to go to work for you and drive units sold because you're trying to establish and build your presence on the shelf within your category. So first of all, it's performance-based. We only get paid if we're successful in achieving what you want. You can set up the campaign so it's always uh, four times return on ad spend, five times return on ad spend. You know, we have a actually even have a guarantee on return on ad spend. We're so confident in the efficiency of these programs. The other reason is that we are the first ever at scale platform for performance marketing. So through Ibotta, you can run campaigns on the most widely used uh, direct to consumer platform, which is Ibotta, the app, the free app that gives away hundreds of millions of dollars a year to consumers and influences $30 billion of purchases. But you could also in that one buy gain access to 150 million shoppers at Walmart. And tens of millions of shoppers at Dollar General and at Kroger and at all the other places. We have 86 retailers that are in our network. And now we have other publishers we're adding to that network. So there's no other way for you to uh, buy that efficiently at that scale. So brands need a lot of different tactics. They need upper funnel media. They need this kind of uh, direct response, performance-based marketing. 
And then when they have that, they can wrap around that their retail media strategy, their brand strategy, uh, their shopper marketing strategy, merchandising strategy. Because we work so closely with retailers and we do not antagonize retailers like some of our competitors that sell retailer purchase data without their permission or consent, we work with retailers because we understand that brands ultimately want a collaborative relationship with their merchants and with their buyers. And so we're a tool that's approved by the largest retailers to drive sales efficiently for the leading brands. Don't aggravate the retailer. I'm taking notes here. So uh, sounds like a winning strategy. <laughs> so whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait a sec, folks. You said Forex ROAS, and you used the word guarantee. And you said, I get paid when you're successful. Not a lot of people come on the show and say that. So congratulations. Particularly not to Shri. <laughs> Definitely not. We have a 3x ROAS guarantee policy where we make our brands whole if they don't get at least 3x ROAS. But in many cases, nobody comes here and says guarantee. So, congratulations putting Ibotta in that position, the brand Ibotta in that position in the first place. And I'm going to guess, Brian, a large part of that is what you said earlier, right? Your retail reach is immense. You have multiple channels. So, I'll ask you to decompose who, what channels. Do you have more than food and bev grocers? And then I think we started the show up top by saying the Walmart relationship is exclusive. So demystify the word exclusive and then take us to the world of retail partnerships. Who, what channels? Sure. Uh, so Walmart is uh, uh, the leading retailer in, in the United States of the largest company, and they uh, account for a big part of the market. But one of the challenges is that up until very recently, there was no way to reach the Walmart shopper with any kind of digital promotion. So they were the largest acceptor of paper coupons in uh, the United States. But if you wanted to reach that next generation of people that aren't reading newspapers, for example, it was always challenging. You know, you could try something like a print at home or something, but there was really no way um, to do that at scale. What we went to Walmart and said was, look, you should create a program that's much, much different than coupons. You shouldn't just replicate paper coupons and make them digital coupons. That's been done and it's not particularly strategic. What you should do is create a currency the same way that Starbucks does, the same way that you know an airline would to create genuine loyalty. So when I buy a featured item, I earn Walmart cash and that cash can then be spent on my next trip to Walmart or walmart.com or on a membership at Walmart or any number of different applications. And they got excited about this reinforcing their roadmap for a number of reasons relating to uh, the things they just talked about on their earnings call this week, their ads business being supported by this content, giving consumers a reason to identify themselves more frequently at checkout, et cetera. And so we convinced Walmart that we have the best position to do, we're in the best position to do that because we already run the largest mobile application that is used in Walmart other than Walmart, which is Ibotta. Uh, we also have by far the most rewards content and the most relationships. So we can bring that content to the benefit of their customers who have a, their mission is similar to ours to deliver maximum value, save money, live better, et cetera. So they agreed that they would uh, move forward with a partnership and we helped them build the program, design the program, and we power all of the content for the program on an exclusive basis. What that means is no other company is authorized to run an item level promotion at Walmart in any category. So that means if you are a consumer packaged goods company, or if you're a company that sells toys like Lego or clothes like Hanes or electronics like Samsung or beauty products. We are the exclusive pathway into 
running a promotion within the umbrella of the Walmart cash ecosystem. And you're reaching over 100 million consumers when you do that. That's also carrying forward all the principles that have made Ibotta Ibotta. So you pay per sale. You don't pay per clip. You have control over various parameters of the program. You can log in and see in, in real time the performance of the program. And everything can be tied in with your investments in their retail media program and other elements of sponsored search and so forth. So that is a partnership that's very, very strategic. We work very closely with eight or 10 different groups within uh, Walmart, whether it is their marketing organization as they let the world know about this Walmart cash program, whether it is their merchant organization, their uh, Walmart Connect, their data, their Luminate business, um, their financial services, et cetera. We're really trying to help them achieve strategic objectives and change consumer behavior through the use of rewards rather than just, oh, well, we'll be a coupon vendor. Uh, we've really helped them leapfrog coupons and digital coupons. Um, and we're proud of the performance of that program, which is only growing you know, by leaps and bounds every week. Yeah, that's um, I've had conversations with people about Ibotta for years, right? And you know, people were saying, "Ah, what's 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 the cool look?" It's the thing that allows you to do item level promotions at Walmart. Like, if it did nothing else but that, that would actually be an extraordinarily useful thing to the world. You do other things, which is awesome, and congratulations on building those other things. But it's, I think, particularly now in this sort of what I think is about to become a much more discount and promotionally sensitive world as brands start to try to get back to unit growth over the next six to 12 months. I think we're heading into a much more promotional ecosystem. So I think platforms like yours actually get more important rather than less. I think that's also true to the consumer as well, who's continuing to try to make ends meet. So can you talk a little bit about what the consumer gets out of this and what are the benefits they get from the app? And uh, why do you consider it the premier loyalty platform for a brand if they're trying to reach consumers? Yeah. We were the first direct consumer mobile app to achieve scale in item level cashback rewards. We came out in 2012. We started out on iOS and we we're on Android. Uh, we've had 50 million people download the app. About 12 million of them are active today and they spend tens of billions of dollars a year earning on average over $100 per year with our free mobile application that works everywhere. It's not points. It's real money. You can put it onto a bank account. You can put it onto a PayPal account. We don't manipulate the value of the points. We don't, it doesn't turn out to be that you submitted 20 receipts to get what amounts to be 10 cents worth of value. The average offer value is something like 20 or 30% of the MSRP of the product. We move by far the most units moved of any mobile technology. There are other companies that are about data collection, that are about uh, collecting consumer purchase information and selling it without restriction to CPG brands. We don't think that's long-term a sustainable strategy because we think it's important to go with the grain of retail. But our mission isn't about capturing data and tracking people's purchases. Our mission is make every purchase rewarding. Four words, make every purchase rewarding. We want to give away more cash back than anyone else in this sector. And Ibotta is a single app that allows you to do shopping anywhere, not just Walmart, but also Kroger, CVS, Target, you name it, everywhere, Sam's Club. Um, we work with many, many retailers. We have an integrated, seamless redemption process with no need for uploading receipts at over 85 retailers, which makes it incredibly easy for us to, uh, you know, you just connect your account one time and you check out by providing your your phone number or paying with your credit card, and that's it, right? We're able to then send you personally relevant offers because we see the full basket information about what you buy, and in exchange, we share this value. Unlike some of our competitors, we don't sell your email address. We never do that. 
right? We don't believe in that. We don't think that's right. We also, like I said, we have restrictions on selling our retailers data so that we can keep the faith with them. That allows us to keep bringing in more content, keep bringing in more offers for the consumers. Finding that balance between the interests of them and the retailers and the CPG is really important in that way. Through Ibotta, you can also do a number of other things. You can buy uh, at over 3,000 different online websites and get cash back. So we're sort of like Rakuten in that way. You can get cash back at Home Depot, at Gap, at Amazon, at Walmart.com, all these different places for store-wide purchases, which is another benefit. And then we have a suite of products, including a web a browser extension, which does price comparison. So you always know you have the best price, plus it calculates your cash back. Uh, we were just on the verge of releasing our mobile browser extension. So there's a suite of products from web to browser extension to mobile app that all work seamlessly through one login to one cashback account. And we have somewhere on the order of five times as much cashback content as our next closest competitor. Um, and because we have been around and are a trusted partner, we now are growing those budgets to the point that that campaign's going to be there. You know, it's not going to be, oh, it's there for one day and gone. Right, we have nearly a billion dollars of committed resources, so we can put content on the best brands in front of consumers and have it be there. Um, they can redeem it more than once, perhaps within the cycle of that offer cycle. So those are some reasons why consumers love Ibotta. We have over a million followers on social media. Uh, we're the largest social savings community in the United States, and we're just getting started. Honestly, our aspiration is to be giving away a billion dollars a year. Uh, not a billion and a half dollars up to this point, but pretty soon a billion dollars a year to American consumers who are using that money for their rent, for their food, for their medical bills, for their student debt. Uh, we get letters every day from people about what it means to them to have that access to that. How awesome is that? It's not every day that somebody can come in here and say I'm an exclusive partner of Walmart and my aspirations to give away a billion dollars often. So let me remind our audience that we're speaking to Brian Leach, the founder and CEO of none other than the mobile app Ibotta and also a rewards app exclusive to Walmart. Brian, the latest version of iOS 17 is going to bring with it the possible end of cookie-based tracking. This is something the industry has been looking at for a year and a half. Google delayed it, Apple delayed it, but the reality is here. How does it impact Ibotta, your relationship with the consumer, and how do you ensure that you can actually continue to provide privacy? So we are thrilled at this development. Could not be happier because we don't rely on cookies. We are- I was going to say, it doesn't bother you, Eddie. So <laughs> this is great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have an opt-in consumer who is sharing information with us on a very above-board basis in an exchange of value that is essentially, look, I'm going to present an advertisement to you or an offer to you. If you choose to take us up on it, we will cut you in on the deal. We will pay you a portion of what we make on that transaction. In exchange, you will share information with us, which we can use to target ads, offers, personalize the content for you, and you opt in. So it's not like Facebook or Google, where for years, you know, you use some kind of free utility like social media or email, only to then learn after Cambridge Analytica, oh my God, look what's been happening to my data. It's not like data logics and those companies that were mining all this data under the covers and you've never heard of them. And you know, all of a sudden your data has been sold downstream three different ways to Sunday. No, no, no. You're connecting with and opting in upfront to the program. And so we don't rely on cookies for attribution, but when they die, we win because now instead of spending money on Google or Facebook, where 
you know, you're even less likely to be able to target based on even someone who's previously been to a website or liked a page. We're talking about targeting based on a known past purchase of a specific item. That's the holy grail of deterministic targeting. There's no probabilism in whether or not the ad worked. We can track it out one-to-one from three bought this before, he saw this, he switched, and now he bought it six more times since the campaign ended. That level of transparency is what the industry, we're educating the industry to demand that. The problem has been that up until the last couple of years, Ibotta wasn't at a scale adequate to truly compete with those other channels of media and marketing spend, right? So with the introduction of the Ibotta Performance Network, with partnering with Kroger and Walmart and Dollar General and all these other retailers, now we can provide an at-scale version of that efficient tactic. And so a media agency, a marketer, brand manager, shopper, marketer, whatever it is, can have a really viable alternative that is going to move the needle in their business. So for us, especially as a company that has built out this platform, the Google and Apple changes can't come soon enough. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's always been one of the things that I've always thought that was sort of an inevitable tailwind for a business like yours is the fact that, you know, you've got the opted in consumer, you've got kind of that closed loop, if you will, and you don't have to rely on, you know, the vagaries of IDPA or cookie degradation or any of the other stuff that's going along with that. I'm going to ask you about retail media in a second here, but first I need to compliment you on your non-endemic ad presence that you're bringing with your shirt. So um, I, I certainly hope all those guys are funding Ibotta significantly to, to make this happen. So Williams Racing is one of the Formula One race teams, and they are their driver, Logan Sargent, is the first American to drive in Formula One since 2015. Wow. Ibotta is a brand sponsor of Logan Sargent. There they we are go. the first sponsor of the American driver. And the reason why is uh, you know, Formula One is the fastest growing sport among female executives in the United States. And among American viewers, it's really taken off. And so, as you know, we're on the jersey of the New Orleans Pelicans on Zion Williamson's jersey uh, and Brandon Ingram. Yes, I actually did know that. We're also now sponsoring women's college athletes like Paige Meckers at UConn. So you could probably sell as insider information the size of the font you need to cover Zion Williams, because when that font is too big, that becomes a problem for the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, anyway, back. Well, the bigger problem is that he's not actually playing basketball very often, but yes. back. Yes, because that font is too large. I don't want to interrupt here, but I was wondering what his Mercedes logo was, and I got to tell you, I actually love Lewis Hamilton. I got to see him live in Miami four or five months ago, whenever the Grand Prix was. I think it was back in March. Wow. Wow. Yeah, he's he's a legend. And we're hoping to see Logan Sargent be the next Lewis Hamilton. Right. Nice. I am the only person in America that has not seen the Netflix Formula One documentaries and as such have no idea what you people are doing. Actually, I do know. But yeah, uh, kudos to timing this well. Unlike Target 20 years ago, trying to put logos on Formula One cars when nobody in America was as motivated, shall we say. Speaking of retailers, let's get back to retail media. So today's hottest topic, one of our cottage industries here on the CPG guys who spent a lot of time talking about it. Um, obviously, Ibotta is a media-esque platform that hangs out in the retail ecosystem. So how do you view your role in the retail media world? How do you think you're involved in it now? How do you think you're going to be engaged in the future? And you know, any thoughts on how you think the retail media ecosystem will change? Retail media is a critical development because it allows brands to have real precision in where their ads are targeted and knowing for sure that they work. You can intercept very high purchase intent customers who are searching right within you know, walmart.com, for example, and that's a place you have to be even more than you want to be in, in Google or others that are 
not necessarily as close to the purchase uh, moment decision. That said, Ibotta does, we don't sell retail media and that's not our business. Our business is to help retailers sell their own retail media. Now, some of our competitors, they're trying to sell their own rival data products that literally compete with the retail media teams at places like Albertson Safeway, at places like 8451, which is part of Kroger. We don't think that's going to be very sustainable because retailers want to own and control retail media. They don't want third parties coming in and say, oh, let me help you with retail media. I could take a cut here and a cut there. That's not what we do. By having great rewards content, though, a retailer's retail media is going to perform a lot better. Because if you can click through to a rewarded item, you're going to get a higher click-through rate. If you can click through from a search result to an item that has a reward, you're going to get a higher buy-through rate. So the performance of the ad units that you sell is going to be dramatically higher. But most importantly of all, Brian, in order to have a retail media business, you have to have consumers regularly identifying themselves at checkout because that's how you tie a consumer ID to a known basket of purchases. And so at a place that doesn't have a reason for people to identify themselves very often or frequently enough, they're losing money, billions of dollars potentially in retail media. The reason why rewards exist, they create a reason for consumers to say, ah, yep, I'm Brian, check me in. This basket is associated with this digital identification. That is extremely powerful. It's also true, not just the retail media, but it could be a change in the way we shop. You know, biometric checkout has just been rolled out at a place like Whole Foods. Why do I want to try biometric checkout? I'm pretty used to pulling out my credit card. If you want to change the way I pay, you got to give me an incentive or you got to shape that behavior through rewards. So what we do is adjacent to a number of things that retailers are trying, whether that is getting people to use a mobile app in their store so they can transition to more in-store advertising opportunities whether that is getting people to do scan and go, getting people to do buy ahead pickup in store, getting people to do a palm in, palm out. I mean, whatever it is that's the future of shopping, you got to nudge people. And the way you nudge them is through the love language of rewards. We are the rewards people. We never get tied up though in seeming to compete with retailers. We're not like many of our predecessors and our current competitors. You will not hear us go talk about our, you know, like Quotient has been doing about their retail media products. It's not what we do. Make every purchase rewarding. That's what we do. What a great tagline, make every purchase rewarding. So about a year ago, you launched the Ibala Performance Network. Take a couple of minutes, decompose for our audience. What is the Ibala Performance Network and how it benefits our brand listeners? As well as tell us about what led to this being actually formed. Yeah, I'll start there. When we started out with the Ibotta app, we're the most widely used direct-to-consumer savings app, but it's still a drop in the bucket when you consider that we're talking about a trillion-dollar industry that you guys you know, are commenting on. A trillion dollars, one of the largest industries in the economy uh, for everyday purchase, you know, mass grocery club, et cetera. So when we say we represented with the original Ibotta app, 30, 40, 50 billion, sounds great to my grandmother at Thanksgiving, but it's actually pretty small compared to a trillion. So how do we get to a much, much, much larger audience of addressable spend? And that is the advent of and the genesis behind the Ibotta Performance Network. So how can we take the performance fee per sale innovation that we invented? How do we take that and make it so that just like the trade desk, you know, you buy media through the trade desk, you don't go buy with every single publisher. You have one place where you can book that buy and then you can track the performance of that ad buy for your display ads on the open web. We're like the trade desk for promotions. One ring to rule them all, right? I log in, 
I can basically, as a brand, buy a campaign. I can say, I want to spend $5 million. And I know that my content, which I have control over all aspects of it, my contact will now find its way through all the different publishers on this one network. And I can move really large numbers of units, millions of units at a much more efficient scale. And with the knowledge that I don't have a single display, you know, fraud issue with, oh, that's not, that's a, a clickbait or a bot or it's not a high quality impression. I don't have to worry about any of that. My product got sold and I can track that at what store did it get sell, sold. I can track all sorts of other surrounding information relating to my promotion. And then I can tweak that and optimize that and spin that up and down depending on what's going on with my marketing calendar. So the IPN represents the first real at-scale performance marketing platform in the US. For years, there have been affiliate networks you may not be familiar with, you know, Commission Junction, Impact Radius. They do this for online retail. So, you know, if I'm a blogger, I can have an affiliate relationship, which means I can send traffic to target.com or amazon.com and I get a kickback in the form of a percentage of the basket. What retailers like about that is that it's performance-based. If I don't read blogger Brian, don't send traffic to Amazon, I don't get paid. So they don't pay me, right? But if I do generate an incremental sale on Amazon, I get paid. That never existed at scale for the CPG community until the Ibotta Performance Network. The other thing is there needs to be anti-stacking. And no one's ever built this until now, not at scale. So what I mean by that is if you are a consumer and you use Ibotta, and you also shop at Walmart, or you also shop at another partner of ours, we make it so by running kind of an air traffic control system, that offer cannot be redeemed more than once for one purchase. So if it's clipped in one place, it can't be then clipped and redeemed twice in two places. So that means there's really only one network that can do this, right? You can't have multiple different air traffic control towers or planes crash, right? So you need one ecosystem. And since we have already got Walmart on an exclusive basis for the better part of the next decade, and also Kroger and also Dollar General and others, uh, the leader in each of the different you know, mass, grocery, dollar, et cetera, uh, we think that we have the best chance of building that at-scale network. And I think you're seeing the industry start to recognize that with the dramatic increase in the number of offers on our platform, the dramatic increase in the amount of spend, uh, the amount of money that people are earning. And just the amount of marketing that our partners are doing to put behind the kind of next generation loyalty programs that we've created with them. Well, and that's fascinating because uh, you're controlling as the environment gets more promotional, which as I said, I think it's going to do, controlling promotions becomes incredibly essential because if you can't control your promotions, you lose control of the buy button on Amazon. If you lose control of the buy button on Amazon, you lose control of your pricing. And as a CPG company, there's nothing more important than being able to manage the amount of non-consumed below list price product that's available in the world because that can get extremely disruptive to your Amazon business through third parties and stuff like that. So that uh, that anti-stacking technology is really important. So kudos to you guys for building it. And I do think over time that's going to act as a, as a real attractor as the market gets more promotional. So um, we're just about kind of wrapping up here, which is too bad because I'm kind of enjoying this. But um, looking ahead, I mean, you seem like an optimistic sort. So uh, I'm going to guess you're going to give me more opportunities and challenges. But what, what do you think are some of the opportunities and challenges facing the industry as we head into the back half of the 2020s and try to figure out what the world's going to look like? Yeah, so many opportunities, as you predicted. I think the the first opportunity is to continue this transition toward uh, more performance-based uses of spend. 
you know, so if you think about it, we started out with blunt instruments like uh, the television, the radio, the billboard, you know, mass audiences, very difficult to target, very difficult to measure or attribute. Then we moved to a new paradigm, which you could think of that as kind of the Google era. Oh, okay. This person's logged in. I know who they are. I can target this directly to them. Uh, and thus you have Google's entire advertising business, for example. But ultimately, whether it was Google charging per click or Facebook charging per impression, you still had essentially some challenges, right? You couldn't really track that out to purchases in the physical world, which is a problem because in the CPG world, 90% of products are still sold in stores, which meant that CPG companies didn't really advertise much on Facebook and Google because online was not a material part of their business. The third paradigm is performance marketing, which is essentially now that we all have the data and now that we have AI and these other things coming on, my expectations go up as a brand marketer. And you can see this at the world's leading companies, places like P&G, Unilever, General Mills, their expectations have gone up. I don't want to pay for clips anymore. I don't want to pay for impressions anymore. I don't want to pay unless I know exactly where and what SKU and what location was purchased. And I want control over the parameters of that at scale. So I think what you're seeing is media agencies, marketers, brand marketers, a new generation of people learning to use tools like ours, the same way lawyers use tools like LexisNexis or Westlaw. It is the currency of how you efficiently manage the bottom of funnel aspect of what you do. We're not arguing the top of funnels going away, but you need uh, sort of brand formants, you know, a hybrid of kind of brand. You're getting your brand out there. Millions of people are seeing it on the Walmart website, for example, but you're also getting a performance component to that. I think as retail media grows, you could see retail media also becoming more performance oriented. The end of the day, they know whether or not the ad worked. They know whether and how much purchase lift occurred after it. Why charge on a per impression or per clip basis like they do today? I predict that over time, they too will move in a more performance oriented direction. And then you've got technology in the way that people shop. I mentioned the biometric checkout. It's possible with RFIDs to imagine a world which you can navigate much more quickly and easily to a featured or rewarded item. As soon as you turn your cart down an aisle, it lights up and shows you in augmented reality or any number of other ways, hey, here's where your Ibotta featured rewards are located. Uh, there's all sorts of new opportunities in terms of different types of companies that are going to come into our ecosystem. General merchandise is now a huge, fast-growing part of Ibotta. So if you sell clothing, um, beauty items, electronics, home improvement, sporting goods, boys, we're now working with those companies that have never had a solution that's performance-based. So people think of us as grocery, big opportunity to go way beyond. And Sri, you asked about other retailers. I mean, in the future, specialty retailers, in pet, in home improvement, those are all part of uh, what we can bring to our larger network. So I think it's never been a more interesting time to be in a data-driven form of marketing. It's never been a more interesting time, uh, as you said, given what's going on with the economy, with inflation, to be delivering value, to be in the giving away money business, as I like to say. And I think it's also, you're getting attention from a lot of CMOs because they're all trying to figure out how can they be more efficient in how they spend their money rather than uh, necessarily doing it the way that the old paradigms did. We want to be associated with this emerging paradigm. And I'm going to give you my last obsession too, which is that I think by 2030, it will astonish people how much money healthcare companies are spending through platforms like yours to incent people to eat better, to reduce healthcare costs. So, yeah. And you know, I think uh, 
you know, if you look at the work that Colleen Lindholtz has been doing at Kroger for years on that front to try to think about food as a preventative medicine, you know, you're going to find that there are people that have an enormous incentive in getting America to eat better to reduce healthcare costs. It's very easy to see somebody, especially in that AR paradigm you're mapping out before. It's like, why don't I just have like a full suite of promotions for these people to buy the stuff that we really need them to eat? So there's a whole bunch of cool applications. Well, and while we're on the planet, I mean, you know, the amount of trees that are cut down to fund paper coupons and paper receipts is insane. Every March, April, we, we bring attention to this issue because we believe that it's time for paper coupons to die, dead, gone. We don't want any more clearing houses in Mexico handling millions of these little pieces of paper that have been shipped there using an airplane, burning jet fuel. We don't need that anymore. Coupons were invented in the 1880s by Coca-Cola because the only way to communicate value to a consumer in 1880 was to give them a chit and let them cut it out of the newspaper and walk it into the general store. And then all those flow of funds and remittances, we don't need that paradigm. The idea of a coupon's time has gone. So we would like to see it replaced for the sake of the earth as well. Ah, well, look at us. We can't use trucks to cross the border to Mexico with the paper coupon and use Sentry in Nexus instead. It has to be an airplane ride. <laughs> Thank you, Sheree. Make more jokes like that. We'll, uh, we'll making the world a better place and saving jet fuel. That's what I'm doing. I, we, 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 yeah, we didn't need to have a podcast anymore. That's great. So, uh, <laughs> but let me remind our audience that you can find all of our content by going to a web browser and type cpgguys.com as the URL. And if you think your company has some thought leadership to contribute to our community discussion, drop us an email at contact at cpgguys.com. Again, contact at cpgguys.com, and maybe you can join us on this podcast just like Brian Leach did. Don't forget to drop us a rating at cpgguys.com on the top of the navigation bar on the right-hand side because it tells us how we're doing, what topics we should be focused on. You shape to the show. Thank you so much for the 24,000-plus followers on LinkedIn. We know that number is huge. We are nobody without you. You shaped the show from day one back in May 2020, and Brian and I are extremely thankful for what you talk to us and contribute every single day. Brian Leach. I'm forced to use your last name since we have two Brian's here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us today and giving us a scoop on everything Ibotta. Thank you so much for having me. Brian Gildenberg. I'm forced to use Gildenberg today. So can you take a couple here and recap what we learned from Brian Leach today? Uh, yeah, I can try. I, Brian was incredibly articulate, so I don't really know why I would do this, but sure, why not? Um, so you can uh, cut my salary in half for this today. Wait, we pay you for this? I didn't know that. You don't. That was the joke. Um, um, I always love when people bring like their non-traditional experiences to the table and then figure out how that parallels. And I thought your, uh, both your experience, you know, growing up with your dad and the car dealership, but just in general, the synthesizing and storytelling, I think are both incredibly important skills. And I think are vital skills for anybody trying to navigate this confluence of retail media and content over the next five years, the ability to synthesize and the ability to storytell is compelling. And, uh, you know, kudos to you for both, particularly on the storytelling side today. Um, I like the idea that Ibotta represents what you call the first performance marketing at scale, which, you know, I think in this ecosystem, I think makes sense. I think my friends at Meta might have a, might have a point of view about whether that's generally true, but certainly within this ecosystem, the ability to scale a performance centric, um, marketing and outcome system, I think is really interesting. I thought the whole idea around you know, especially for Walmart trying to reach the next generation of shoppers as their core demographic matures out of paper coupons. You know, what's the next stage look like for Walmart to engage from a value point of view? And your notion of not replicating paper coupons online, I thought was really, really important. 
I didn't know that you did the 3000 online website thing, the cashback for that. So I just thought that was kind of cool. I think the um, other things I really thought were really interesting were um, the notion that from a retail media point of view, your primary purpose is to help retailers sell their own retail media and to serve as an activation component to it, to serve as an assistant targeting of the proper audience. Like you're there as basically an adjunct and a conversion engine to help the retailer do that, particularly for the retailers that uh, don't have a logical reason, as you put it, for people to identify themselves at the point of checkout. And you kind of bring that to the table, which obviously helps this whole thing. Um, I love the phrase nudging people through the love language of rewards. When I try to tell my kids, I'm trying to get them to do their homework. I'm going to tell them I'm nudging them through the love language of rewards from now on. And then, uh, I thought the Ibotta performance network is really cool with being sort of the trade desk for promotions. And, uh, I think just in general, this whole notion of making every purchase rewarding, obviously cool tagline. And I do think seems to describe what y'all do incredibly well. So um, look, Brian, thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing the journey that you've been on and uh, what I bought us up to. It's uh, terrific. I have to say now I bought him making every purchase rewarding, but let me thank both the Bryans for appearing on this episode. And of course, for all of you, we will see you soon. That's a wrap. We'll see you soon on another episode of the CPG guys. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, fellas. The content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of reference to or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.